Would be the 
So it's interesting how we are here discussing fundamental principles of material nature. And in this description of the fundamental principles of the material nature, we see how all these material elements have their origin in the Supreme Personality of Godhead and how ultimately in their perfected stage they're also engaged in the service of the Supreme Lord. Here we're seeing that earth can provide uh, forms of the Lord, forms made of stone, wood and jewels which are all different manifestations of earth. Um, so in that way, uh, earth is sublime, um, that earth can actually uh, offer forms of the Lord, made of matter, that then are fully transcendental and fully spiritual, is, is an inconceivable blessing for Bhumi Devi, um, that she, from her energy, can manifest that form of the Lord and in that way render that eternal service. She's greatly blessed. Uh, we can appreciate how intimately she is connected with the Supreme Lord and, and how much she's chosen to be his instrument um, due to great piety. In this way, um, we can see how the demigods are serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead as, as his intimate instruments and are very much connected with them. And in that way, um, we see that some of our acharyas, like uh, Dhanachandra Goswami, a disciple of Gopal Guru Goswami. Dhanachandra Goswami, he has written down teachings that he received from Sarudamadar Goswami, who is the disciple, or not the disciple, the secretary of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sri Goswami was teaching um, Gopal Guru Goswami and Janachandra Goswami how to, uh, how to live a life in this world while cultivating the eternal uh, relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And that is our business. We are in this world. Um, I asked one devotee, how are you? And he said, oh, struggling with the senses. I said, okay, that's, that's irrelevant. Um, struggling with the, self, the senses, all right. That is there. Uh, facing the three modes of material nature, yes, yes, in different combinations, uh, no doubt, you know, uh, cold, hot, uh, health, uh, wealth, and name it all. All these things are not very relevant, not very important. What really matters is our eternal relationship with the Supreme Lord. What have, has been invested in that? That is really what matters. And every day we can think, what am I investing in my relationship with the Supreme Lord? Other relationships are well, 
you know, they have their ups and downs. But a relationship with Krishna should have only up. No down. No, only up. Because any time we turn to Krishna, it is, it is a blessing. You can't say that of a material relationship. When we turn to some material person, well, let's see uh, what the weather is like today. Let's see what's going to happen. Is it going to be good or is it going to be trouble? It is hard to say. But from Krishna's side, there is no trouble. There is only blessing. Every connection with the Supreme Lord is our blessing. So what have we invested in that relationship? That is, is our, our ongoing consideration. How much have I invested in serving the Supreme Lord? How much more can I invest in serving the Supreme Lord now? In some way or other, Yes, our principal process is the chanting of the Holy Name. It is the Yuga Dharma. However, we see it's not the only way to serve. We serve in every possible way. Yes, there is earth. Yes, let us make deities. Juva Maharaj was told by Narada Muni how to find the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the forest. His mother had sent him there, but because after he was denied to sit on his father's lap, he was so angry, so upset, that he wasn't going to let it go by. So he wanted a solution. His mother said, but there's nothing I can do. Um, nothing I can do. When he realized his mother couldn't do anything, and he said, all right, but there must be something that can be done. And he was going to do something about it. So he said, the only one who can help you is the Supreme Lord. All right, where can I find him? Um, well, um, they say he dwells in the forest. That was about as far as her knowledge extended. Possibly she knew a bit of scripture also. But she could not instruct him how to actually approach the Supreme Lord. She sent him to the forest. But then Narada could see, hmm, this boy is quite fixed up. Let me see. Um, so Narada then uh, instructed Dhruva. And he told Dhruva to chant, to chant the mantra Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Uh, he instructed him in that way. He also told him to control the senses through a process of yoga and meditation, which he did. And the third thing he told him was to make a deity of clay. He said, just make a form of the cloak of the Lord of clay. And in this way, Jehovah was worshipping. So Srila Prabhupada also told us to worship along parallel tracks. He told us that although the Yuga Dharma is the chanting of the Holy Name, the difficulty is how do we apply ourselves to this chanting? Everything is there in the chanting. Everything can be attained from the chanting. But how can we get ourselves to chant seriously? That is the question. 
Because the mind is fickle. It is here, it is there, it is everywhere, it is all over the place. And how can we fix ourselves? That is the difficulty. Therefore, in order to help, there is deity worship. Because deity worship, in deity worship, everything is prescribed. Nothing is casual. It is prescribed. How to, how to bow down before the Lord. It is exactly described. Um, it's said like five parts of the body must touch the ground as we bow down. Not like that one hand is, is up uh, and sort of go down like that. Or go down half and the head is not touching the ground. No, no. All this is exactly described. How it is to be done. And it's always an issue where the feet are pointing at the time of obeisances, uh, not in the direction of anything holy. That's not so easy in a temple. <laughs> but definitely not towards the deities and so on, or towards the Guru. Um, so, in this way, deity worship is very specific. It is very, we have prescribed duty from beginning to end. One cannot chastise someone in front of the deity. One cannot cry in front of the deity, except crying in ecstasy. One should not eat in front of the deity, except pure mahaprasadam, which should be honored immediately. Because that is mercy. And the nature of mercy is such that if we don't take it straight away, it may disappear. And so therefore, that's an emergency. When mercy comes, take it without delay, right away. Right? Sarvam Bhattacharya was woken up by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Straight from bed, Mahaprabhu gave him Prasad Jagannath. He took it even without brushing his teeth or anything. Right? My God, you know, how can he eat straight from bed? Mahaprasad is to be taken without delay. Because what if the mercy disappears? Oh, it is, a, we remember that in the early days of ISKCON, Brahmananda and Tamal Maharaj were seated next to each other at the time of taking prasadam. And somehow or other, Prabhupada had given this very big, simply wonderful, to Tamal Maharaj. And Tamal Maharaj was saving it for the end of the meal, to take the sweet at the end of the meal. And Brahmananda was sitting next to him and saw that simply wonderful. And suddenly just <laughs> grabbed it and swallowed it. And Mahakrishna said to Brahmananda, but, but he, he just, he just. And Prabhupada said, that's the nature of mercy. If you don't take it straight away, it may disappear. <laughs> so, in this way, uh, we can appreciate that we must somehow or other uh, be eager. Eager, awake, not dull and not just caught up in all the struggles of material existence. I say, oh, I'm struggling with my senses, I'm struggling with the weather, I'm struggling with the 
economy, I'm struggling with my boss, I'm struggling with my phone, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling with everything. No, simply, where is the mercy? So a Vaishnava has a radar to detect mercy somehow or other, always, everywhere, scanning, is there any mercy? Any insight? Anything <laughs> that even as is required, uh, and when we see it, snap it, take it. Not only mercy in the form of edible mercy, but mercy in any form. Uh, once I did a study on mercy and I found uh, that throughout the Bhagavatam, different words are used. Sometimes daya, sometimes kripa, sometimes anukampan. Yeah. So, different words for mercy are used. Um, but in the tenth canto, when it comes to Vrindavan and to the transcendental situation of the eternal residence of Vrindavan and Krishna, there there is only one word for mercy. There the word for mercy is prasad. And prasad is, they see everything is prasad, coming from Krishna. And they're looking like, for Krishna's mercy. But we are dull, see. Prabhupada many times would say, you are dull, um, dull. We're not sensitive to the mercy, not seeing it. Going boom, 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 all your ignorance, not seeing anything, dull. Krishna is here in so many ways. That is the amazing thing, right here in the material world. Krishna is not far away. Oh, will Krishna hear my prayers? He is so far away. Uh, I am praying, but I am not sure if my prayers will reach Krishna. No, Krishna is, is right here. The spiritual world is right here. Um, we are already there. It's not a journey. It's not that we have to go uh, at the end of our life on a long, long journey to the spiritual world. Well, it's far away. I don't know if I'll ever reach. No. Although we see descriptions of devotees going on a journey, in the Bhagavatam, we're seeing how Maharaj Pritu and his good wife, Queen Archie, are traveling in Vaikuntha plains. They're going up in the sky, and the demigods see them going up and up, and see them going past the heavenly planets, and see that they go out of sight. So, there, it is described like, like a journey. But Prabhupada also explains, actually, the spiritual world is here. And we simply have to see um, that that layer of yoga maya is lifted. Naham prakasa sarvasya yoga maya samavrita. Avrita means covered. Um, everything is covered like fog. Uh, there is fog. The fog of all the sinful reactions that we have performed. Agam Dunvanti Karsneya, 
It is by this devotional service that this fog can be destroyed. Then suddenly we see everything. This thick fog, what do we see? So sometimes I am comparing spiritual life to driving on a road. And that in the beginning we start driving in the middle of the night in darkness. And you don't see anything. All of them, you know, it's pitch dark, but all that you see is the white lines on the road. And you're actually driving on the white lines. Pitch dark. You just see the lines and stay in between the lines. Then, gradually, at the end of the night, the day begins to break, some light is there. We see not only the lines anymore, we also see the landscape. And gradually, at full daylight, we're driving between the lines, but we'll see oh, a nice lake over there. It's like, oh, yeah. oh that's, a, that's a nice house. And it's like, oh, look at that mountain. And we see a landscape also. So Krishna consciousness is also like that. In the beginning, all we see is the white lines. We're driving in the darkness of ignorance, and the white lines of the regulative principles is all we see. Rules, regulations. Regulated principles, somehow or another, stay in these regulated principles. But then, as we continue to drive, we begin to see the landscape of Krishna's qualities, of Krishna's pastimes, in the, of Krishna's form. Gradually, we get, begin to know Krishna. And thus, it becomes easier. See, in the beginning, it is a regulated principle. One must fix the mind on Krishna. Just like in Java, Hare Krishna Krishna, going space, Hare Krishna Krishna, Mars, Hare Krishna Krishna, um, circumambulating the sun, Hare Krishna Krishna, going to Pataloka, Hare Krishna, <laughs> all over the universe uh, while we're chanting, except focused, except fixed. One has to fix the mind. How difficult to do. Yes, fix the mind on Krishna. If we actually begin to know Krishna, then it's not so hard to fix the mind on Krishna because Krishna is very nice. If we actually become attracted to Krishna because he's nice, if we read descriptions, how Krishna, how he looks, his nails are of mother of pearl. So he has toenails of mother of pearl. So one can meditate on the lotus feet of Krishna and see these like bright, shining mother of pearl nails. Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Did you ever meditate on the mother of pearl nails of Krishna's lotus feet while chanting Hare Krishna? Hare Krishna, Maybe you should. Or if you would, then maybe the mind would be more easily captured. Maybe the mind would, would stay with Krishna and maybe not go to Mars or Venus or God knows what other planets there are. Um, so in this way, uh, by hearing about Krishna, we naturally develop attraction to Krishna. And as we develop attraction to Krishna, we naturally focus on our mind on Krishna. And suddenly, in chanting also, 
it becomes possible to focus on the holy name. See, attentive chanting is not a concentration exercise. Somehow or other practice concentration. We need to somehow or other develop our concentration skills. We are beginners in chanting and we're lacking the concentration skills. But when we become very experienced in the chanting, we develop our concentration skills and in this way we'll be able to chant better. Also, they say if you listen to alpha waves while chanting, <laughs> then the concentration increases tremendously. Therefore, there are certain types of piano music which produce alpha waves and you can play them while chanting and you'll see miracles will be achieved. I saw a book about the benefits of alpha waves during chanting. Anyway, um, that's not required. It's not required. That sort of a temporary fix which will not really help us to chant attentively. Um, the real way is to become attracted, simply to become attracted to Krishna. Then we'll chant attentively. Then we can fix the mind, as Krishna says. Not Bhagusakinantascha, not many branched intelligence. Many branched intelligence comes when we think maybe there's some enjoyment here, but then again, when I'm here catching the enjoyment, I might miss out on some enjoyment there. Oh, but what about that corner? There is enjoyment there also. And, oh, yes. Now I'm married, but, you know, <coughs> there's someone else also who looks actually extremely attractive. Oh my God. <laughs> what do I do now? And so on. Uh, and it can multiply. There is endless opportunities in the mind. Uh, we hold on to what we have. Oh yes, my possessions. These are my toys. I have my box with toys and I never play with them. I don't. I play with other things but still I have my box with toys. And I can play with them if I want to. And that makes me feel very good. So therefore, no one else is allowed to play with my toys. Oh no, it's my box with toys. Um, or we are an adult and I have a house and I have a holiday home and I have a boat and I have water skis and I have a hand glider and I have, you know, roller skates and I have endless things that I've purchased very cheap on eBay. So cheap, it makes me happy to think about it. How little I paid for all these things that I have in my house, and now I never touch these things. But it's just good to have them in case I want to. Will we ever grow up, or will we stay children even at 88, still, still immature, still children, still playing with toys? Prabhupada uh, told his friends of five years old to stop playing with toys. And to point out that life is not for play, life is serious. Life 
is meant for self-realization. What are we doing? Oh, so let us invest. Invest and get rid of all these distractions, all these so-called opportunities. And then we think, my personality, you know, I mean, the temple, they gave me service. They did, and that's very merciful of them. But there is a problem, they didn't consider my psychophysical nature. I am not engaged according to my potential. It's a very frustrating thing. I'm a very capable person, actually. Yeah. But they are not realizing it. And I'm really only engaged for like less than 10% of my capacity. So frustrating, Prabhupada. So frustrating. No. We are still the center of the universe. Oh. You see a picture, me and Krishna, right? when we stand in front of the altar. <coughs> now I am standing in front of Krishna. You see, I posted this picture on Facebook. Yes, I'm standing in front of Krishna. No, Krishna is standing in front of you. It is about Krishna. He is the main personality in the drama. Krishna, he is the star of the show. We are just a figurant, right? There, some personality in the movie for decoration, right? A figurant. They just walk through. They don't really play a part. They're not important at all. You could exchange them with anybody else, but you just need some people to fill the screen, right? That's all. That's all we are at best. I have now entered the temple room. Oh, really? You have entered the temple room. You, that will be a big difference to the universe. Yes. You are such a great personality. Uh, the one who is going to change destiny of the world. Where is such a... I don't think that fits any of us. That doesn't fit us. Um, it may fit personalities like Srila Prabhupada, who really, you know, made a huge difference to the world. And uh, we live here for a little while and then move on, and soon we'll be forgotten. Um, and then, and it did make such a big difference. Few people, few tissues, few tears, you know, and then it's over. Tears dry up, life goes on, and not a big difference. Because what have we done? What have we done? That is the question. How much have we invested in Krishna, in service to Krishna? Many devotees, many disciples of Shiva Prabhupada and other devotees who have left somehow or other this planet have expressed. At the, in the final moments of their life, regret. They, they express regret. I wish I would have taken this movement a little more seriously. I wish I would have done a little more for Krishna. That is, is, is not uncommon. So now is the time to, to contemplate what we can invest. It's not so much time, 
Don't think I have all the time of the world. It's not so long. This human form of life is very short in this age. And the time that we're actually fit enough to do something is short. See if you calculate it. It's the first part, you're too young. And then there's a little part in the middle when you're very busy. And then there is a big part at the end where you're too old. So where is the opportunity? Where is the time? Where is the time? Um, it's like the Harinam party is in town and I'm just sort of saying, well, I guess I'm staying home. What have become of me? Um, but what to do? That's like right now seems to be the wisest thing to do. What, uh, so the boring part of life has started. Where one cannot just do everything he wants in the service of Krishna. Um, only a short window of opportunity. Um, that window of opportunity is closing. So we forget, we forget and we just spend our time lamenting about this, complaining about the struggle. And it's like, let the struggle be the struggle. Struggle. That's, of course, prakriti stani karasati. Material life means struggle. That's a given. You're telling me you struggle? I can tell you I struggle also. And he struggles and everybody struggles. Because material life, that's what it is. That's what scripture says. Prakriti stani karasati. It's struggle. Welcome to the material world. Here we are, to struggle. That's, that's what it's about. So no need to talk about it. Oh, I struggle. I struggle, 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 struggle. Yes, you struggle. And now? <laughs> but what are we going to do for Krishna? Let's do something for Krishna. Let's do more for Krishna. And if we do, and the more we do, the more we get lifted above, the more we rise above. Struggle will remain, but then that struggle becomes blissful. It becomes a blissful struggle. Because when we struggle in service of Krishna, it becomes a source of pleasure. That struggle we want. Oh, yes. I'll never give up this service. I'll struggle for Krishna. That is what we, what we desire. That is the source of pleasure. So in this way, um, we see life as an opportunity, um, an opportunity to serve Krishna. And that's the only thing that's important. A, we have the opportunities that come on its own. And B, we have the opportunities that we can create. We can also create our own opportunities. And that's really what we should think about. Opportunities. Don't miss the opportunities that come. There's a chance for service. Take it. Go on. And then we have to create. We have to create opportunities for service. Just like Prabhupada created so many opportunities. So it wasn't there. The rest wasn't waiting for him. They weren't like. Okay, where is there a swami from India who will tell
tell us how to reorganize the world. Uh, they weren't ready for that. But Prabhupada created the opportunities uh, himself by his own hard work. So it is like that. That is what we're looking at. The opportunity to do something for Krishna. And it is very nice because we see that this in this verse, it is described how the earth um, is, is containing all the other elements. And thus, we can, we can use the earth in the service of Krishna. So that is the nice thing about Krishna consciousness. We don't have to walk around all day, oh my God, it's Maya. It's all Maya. Look how bad Maya is. It's so bad. Maya is everywhere. <laughs> Maya is all around us. Oh my God. Maya, Maya. And it's Kali Yuga. And Yuga, Yuga, Kali, Kali. And so on. <laughs> and everywhere. It's just the times are so bad. No, really, do you know? Do you see? Oh my God. How can we live in a world like of today? When I was young, it used to be not like it is not. It is day by day. I don't know what the future will bring, but uh, you know, it looks bad. Oh my God. <laughs> and so on in this way. Uh, let's not waste our time. Uh, the material world has always been bad. It has always been bad. It's not that at any time the material world was good. Even when Krishna was personally present, there still was birth, death, old age and disease in the material world. And one had to take advantage of Krishna's mercy to get out. So the material world has never been particularly good. Even in such a yuga, and when everything is easy, it's still bad. It's still that. The material world, it's a place we've got to get out of here. Okay, we want a little happiness on the way, no problem. Uh, while you're in the waiting room, waiting to catch the train, you can have a, a nice soft seat. Yes, you can sit in the lounge and get soft seat. That's okay. But we are not in that lounge to live in the lounge. We're just there. A lounge. We're just waiting. It's a waiting lounge. That's all. The material world is a waiting lounge. So we, it's not about getting very comfortable, little comfortable maybe in the lounge. But the real reason what we're there for is just is to get out of there, is to board the train. So this is what life is about. We're meant to board the train. Oh. Material life is a waiting lounge. We're waiting to go to the spiritual world um, and to board the train of bhakti yoga, the train of devotional service. That's all. Um, so in this way, um, everything is very clear. And Srimad Bhagavatam is very clear. Like Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, the Bhagavatam deals with with bhakti in the beginning, in the middle, and in the end. So it deals with
discussing the fundamental principles of material nature and the characteristics of the function of Earth, uh, we are interested really in how that relates to devotional service uh, and how we can use all material things in the service of Krishna. And if these material things give us trouble, uh, well, what else to expect? Prophet was not the other 
today, not just I, I was listening to some memories of Prabhupada, and someone was remembering how Prabhupada was not just sweet and compassionate, Prabhupada was pushing, he was demanding, and he wanted results, and he wanted difficult things, very difficult things, and drove his, his devotees to do difficult things. So what are we going to do? The world, the whole world, is in Maya. We got to save the world. Yeah, they see you coming. They see you coming. Excuse me, uh, would you please um, chant Hare Krishna? Get out of here. You know, sect, you know, cult. They are not uh, just <coughs> ready to love us, all pure devotees, so not some people, but many people will not be. It's difficult. Is it our propensity to take negativity from other people? Yeah. Look at Brahman. He took all the problems and rest remained, and just so patient. So tolerant. All opposition in preaching, no, no, no on all sides, no success. So is it my propensity that I must be successful? Yeah. I need success, I need recognition, I need appreciation, I need love, I need care, I need all these things. Okay, but the situation in the world may sometimes require that we make a sacrifice and we don't get these things. So, a bit of both, a bit of propensity and a bit of sacrifice is what, is, what it's all about. And one has to judge how much one can take, cannot artificially take too much, then we snap. It depends on, on our condition, on our mental state, our physical state, all those things. Thanks for that beautiful question. My question is, uh, most of the time, uh, it's like in our intelligence pushes us like, you know, to move ahead in bhakti. Like, you know, we know what we have to do and all that. Sometimes the the mind and most of the time like you know gives you that some fears like you know that that stops us and we find ourselves a bit lazy and slack in, in our bhakti. So how do we uh, overcome that fear and rise about that too? It uh, is not forbidden to have fun in Krishna consciousness. <laughs> it's not forbidden. In fact, it is necessary to have fun in Krishna consciousness. It's a must. You know. So, are there some things which you really like in Krishna consciousness? If there are, then make sure you don't miss out on those things. Talking about propensity and all this. You know, whatever it is, have some fun. Have some fun. Have your moments that you're actually enjoying Krishna consciousness. It will nourish. It will nourish us. We need some of that nourishment to deal with the austerity of doing the right thing 
on the basis of knowledge. Balavana Indriyan Gramo Vidvamsa Malvikarsiti. It is said that the senses are so strong, even a man of learning is struggling. So we need some taste. So follow the taste. It's there. Look for it. But I have my example of the feast that is being served while we're sitting in rows and they're coming with the buckets. And just our row is the bad row. They're coming like with the rice. And you know, our row is not row is not getting. Hey! Hey! Rice, rice, rice. Finally the rice comes. But the cheese sabji, the other rows already have the cheese sabji, so we're sitting here, only having some rice. Everyone's eating, so you also start munching on the rice a little. But where's the cheese sabji? Hey, cheese sabji, cheese sabji! <laughs> and then, you know, cheese sabji is not coming. Finally, when we get that, then puri puri! This line! This line! This line! No puri! No line! Nobody got any puri! Puri! So at the end of the meal, we didn't taste anything. Each preparation we were eating and we were thinking of the one we were missing and as a result we didn't taste anything. So sometimes we are in spiritual life and we just say, I have no taste. I'm just doing it on intelligence. Look for the taste. Open your eyes. There is so much taste. Did you ever jump like crazy on Harinam? Have you done it? Like a madman in the street in front of everybody, waving your arms and jumping really high. Have you done it? Yes, wild, it is necessary, it must be done, yes, so it is like this, we must, must have some fun, have some fun in Krishna consciousness, and that will nourish us, there's lots of fun, lots of it, did you ever Why these four yugas of cycle are changing their nature in material world? Um, because the they are the four yugas and the four cycles are changing their nature because they are provision for different souls who are conditioned in different ways. So the Satya Yuga <coughs> is a facility for pious souls to get the human form of life and to get an opportunity to go back to God. In such a yoga, we would have probably had a tail and some ears like this <laughs> and a snout. We would have not made it to the human form with our qualification. In the Treta Yuga, it is like an opportunity for those who are a little less pious. In Dwapa Yuga, still less pious. In Kali Yuga, it is like the, the school for, for Students with learners' problems. Yeah. So it's like the problem cases. All right, in Kali Yuga, you know what? We're going to give the problem cases human birth. It's, uh, I know, it's a circus. It's a circus of humanity. Yeah? But here we have, in Kali Yuga, 
given the conditioned souls. Now, human birth, look. Oh, yeah, I know, they should have been animals, of course. But anyway, Kali Yuga is special provision. We give them human birth, we simplify the process, we make it easy, and we hope for the best. And some, some may pass. You know, and we give, it, we give them easy marks. <laughs> School for those who have learners problems. <laughs> how do we surpass the struggle or how do you surpass or minimize the struggle in Krishna consciousness? How do you get past the struggle? Or? Surpass. Sur surpass. <coughs> how do you surpass? <coughs> or minimum struggle in Krishna consciousness. No, that's not the issue. Struggle comes. That's not under our control. Prakriti, Stani Karsi, it's the Prakriti. Prakriti Kriyanamani Gunakarani Sarvasarvam Itjaneh Vina Prakriti Rastita. So the, the uh, material energy comes in the form of three months of material nature. You can't change that. You know, some days the modes are peaceful. Yeah? So it's like in Melbourne, it's such a peaceful day. And another day, it's like the atmosphere is agitated and disturbed. You know, it's like just like that. There's nothing you can do about it. So struggle comes, struggle goes. Sometimes we struggle more, sometimes we struggle less. The only thing is, when we struggle for Krishna, the more we struggle for Krishna, that makes it blissful. And when we're blissful, then we can fly. Then nothing can touch us. See? So that's the only way. The struggle will never disappear. Never. It will go till the last day, the last breath, the struggle in material life. Always. Struggle, struggle, struggle. will never go. But when we struggle for Krishna, it becomes blissful. Then we don't feel the struggle. But sometimes struggle deters you from taking the next step. How do you go? What to do? What to do? What to do? Too bad. Stay in the material world. It's like you may say struggle will, oh, will, will kill the motivation. The thought of struggle kills the motivation to get out of bed. Stay in bed and nothing will happen in your life. So, struggle is an intrinsic element of the design. And we can't take it away. We can't avoid it. In association with others, it may be easier to be motivated. Together, we may be more motivated than alone. Motivation for the struggle. But ultimately, we have to, once we become Krishna conscious, we have to embrace the struggle. Embrace it. Okay, Krishna, this is your mercy. I, from day, this day on, I will embrace struggle as your mercy. So far, I've been cursing struggle. Say, oh, why this happened to me? Why so much problems? Oh my God, I know. I've been cursing the struggle, but now I'm going to embrace the struggle as Krishna.
motivation can I give people? I don't know. I can try. How long will it last? I don't know. If they don't come to that point of embracing the struggle, how much can be done? Even Prabhupada was such a great personality. He lost many people. And of course, they've been touched and, and, and so on by him. But they stopped following Too much struggle. To embrace the struggle. As Krishna's Chanting is very easy to chant, you. But when you try to do it in the evening, all these things pop up in your mind that, and you can't do chanting. Why is this? Unnecessarily in anxiety. Oh my God, I have to change 16 rounds. Oh no. 
That's all right. Done it so many times. We'll do it again. Yeah. We'll manage it somehow. Or other. It's okay. It's actually nice. Relax. It's nice to change. It's anxiety. Anxiety about everything. Oh no. I mean, anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. So it's the anxiety that makes things very difficult. So if you relax, then, right, then even chanting at night is fun. It's okay. Senior devotees uh, tell us something, and uh, certain things doesn't register in the mind at all. Certain things they doesn't register in the mind. Or don't register in the mind. Well, what to do? It takes time. We hear it again and again. You can see that Sri Prabhupada was repetitious saying things again and again. And we hear many times the same things. So after a while, it's a, it sinks in. Yeah, you can't register everything all at once. But you know, with time, it gets better. Abhyasi yogi te nanti te Take time to practice. With everything. It's just like driving. Uh, to go to the driving school and they're sort of like trying to teach you how to drive a car. And the guy sitting next to you with his own brakes and pedals, you know, in case you blow it. And then the first time you don't pass, the second time you don't pass, and the third time somehow or other you're lucky and you got your driver's license. And after that they let you loose on the road. Right? You have a license. But you still can't drive. It was more luck than expertise that you passed the device. <laughs> and somehow I don't know. Right? Now you're allowed to drive. Um, well, uh, it takes time, you know, after experience.